0: Welcome to the Totally Tubular Show.
1: Oh. <laughs> Did you plan that? No. <laughs> Just off the cuff?
0: Yeah, I was thinking of something that was 80s.
1: All right. I mean, this will be a very 80s-heavy episode.
0: It will be. We said that in the 80s, right?
1: <laughs> totally. <laughs> like for sure. Well, this is Stacy and Pete. It's the We Don't Wanna Grow Up podcast. We know it's been a little different lately with only one episode a week. So we thought we would let you know what we've been doing over on our Patreon lately.
0: Been having a lot of fun over there.
1: We have. So we recently did an Empire Records trivia. We played the game, All of Us, which we had played that once on our regular podcast. And we also have a new Pilots on Patreon. We are covering the pilot episode of Doogie Howser, M.D., and we have a short and sweet Dear Diary episode.
0: It's jam-packed over there.
1: Lots of fun stuff. There's over 50 bonus episodes, so definitely come check it out if you can. Patreon.com slash We Don't Want to Grow Up.
0: Yeah, and a shout out to our new patrons that have joined us in the last few weeks. We have Catherine, Mary, Kylie, Melinda, and Kelly.
1: (laughs) Yay! I swear we need a bell in our house every time we get a new patron. When I see that notification come across, and if Pete's not on a work call, I yell through the house, we just... (laughs) patron Pete always wants to know their name as soon as they join it's just really fun for us and it feels like a big accomplishment it does so thank you to everybody that has joined us over there
0: absolutely we have a quick trip for the both of us to the vp's office the vice principal
1: yes if you're new here we go to the vice principal's office if we have made a mistake in a previous episode.
0: That's right. This one was from My So-Called Life, episode 10, Other People's Mothers.
1: Yes. And I actually caught it before we released the episode, but we were too lazy to come upstairs and record yeah, a quick, a quick correction. So we're <laughs> like, we'll just go to the VP's office. It's easier. So we went off on this long tangent about how Angela had called Patty. Patty needed Rayanne's address to come pick her up and she didn't write down the address. So how would she know? She
0: couldn't have known.
1: How would she know how to get there? It's 20 minutes across town. I went back and rewatched it for like the 25th time, but I was actually (laughs) paying attention. Patty did write down Rayanne's address. (laughs) It was just off camera, but you can tell that she picks up a pen, jots something down. Now, mind you, She scribbled enough to write like a word. Right. So you know that she just took a pen and went scribble, 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 (laughs) picked up her paper, put it in her pocket. So, yeah, we just had to come back and say we were wrong. Yep. The writers did think about that. They did. (laughs) He rolled his eyes so big there. (laughs) They did. Look at those writers being on top of stuff. (laughs) So good job to the writers.
0: Yes. Job well done.
1: And now it's our favorite time. It's show and tell. Show and tell time.
0: Who's here this week?
1: We have Mary. So Mary, come to the front of the class.
0: And Mary starts it out with, Hi, Stacy and Pete. Apologies in advance as I could not narrow down my answers to just one ha ha. So I picked my favorite as a kid and my favorite now.
1: Thanks. I thought this was unique.
0: It is. Good job.
1: I really like how sometimes people, if they're listeners of the podcast, they know that we always have what we call (laughs) honorable mentions or HMs. So they kind of figure out their own spin on the show and tell.
0: I like it. So Mary was born in 1987.
1: Favorite 80s movies as a kid, Grease, now Ghostbusters 2 and Dirty Dancing.
0: Very good list favorite 80s song as a kid Rick Springfield's Jessie's Girl and now The The This Is The Day This is the day Your life will surely This is the day
1: When things fall into We had a whole thing with that on Empire <laughs> Records <laughs> we, did. we We were like The The or The 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 The,
0: the, the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's a great song Favorite 90s movie as a kid, Clueless, Now and Then, and Little Giants. She said, I had a major thing for Devon Sawa. Lots of people did. Now, still Clueless, Always and Forever, and 10 Things I Hate About You.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Hope she enjoyed our recent episode about 10 Things I Hate About You.
0: I hope so as well. Favorite 90s song as a kid, Anything in Sync. Yes. And now, Anything in Sync. Just no. kidding. <laughs> Gin Blossoms, Follow You Down.
1: Anywhere you go,
0: I'll follow you down.
1: Any place but those I know by heart. Very good. Favorite 90s TV shows as a kid? MMC, All New Mickey Mouse Club, Me Too, and Doug. Now, Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: Oh, nice. Toy that you loved most as a child? Barbie and My Stuffed Animals. Yes. Well, what about now? Probably the same.
1: <laughs> Favorite gamer book that you loved as a child or teenager? The Dream Phone Game. She said, I regret getting rid of that the most out of any of my old toys or games. Ugh.
0: I wonder if it's still out there.
1: I bet it is. Check eBay.
0: Yes. Favorite place to go in the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s? Limited to, but mostly for the little photo booth that printed your photos and one-inch stickers. I have so many stuck on my diary from eighth grade.
1: Fun. I have to say, so she was born in 87. I was born in 79. A few people lately have asked me to post some Limited 2 stuff. They're yeah. like, Do you have any Limited 2 catalogs? And I'm like, I just feel like I was too old for Limited 2, so I don't think about that.
0: I don't know what... I mean, I've, I know the name. I don't know what it was. Was it a kid's store?
1: Well, it had stuff for kids and I feel like pre-teens oh, or really? early teens. It was in some malls in the 80s and 90s, but yeah. I feel like I didn't see one until probably late, either like really late 90s or early 2000s when I was an adult. I mean, mm. I turned 20 in 99, so... But I need to look for some limited to content you because, you, it, you know, that's just one of the things It's like when you have younger followers it's not all the same nostalgia exactly <laughs> I gotta stay on top of things <laughs> and then of course we always ask anything you'd like to add about nostalgia or this community she says my older sister Annie heavily influenced the movies I watched and the music I listened to growing up she's almost seven years older than me and back then I wanted to be just like her a lot of what you talk about on the podcast and Stacy especially really reminds me of what Annie and I both liked when I was a kid I almost get another wave of nostalgia when I listen like I I'm still trying to be as cool as my older sister. Thank you for the community you built. It is really bringing me comfort during this freaky deaky time.
0: Oh, well, that's awesome.
1: That is awesome.
0: Annie taught her well.
1: Yes, she did. And I also totally understand that. As you know, I have an older sister who's eight years older. And that's why I know a lot more about the 80s than I think I would have otherwise. Because I was just I was just a baby. Just, <laughs> just a baby.
0: My older sister is a big dork, so I don't... <laughs>
1: Stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Mary. That was fantastic.
1: Yes. Thanks, Mary. And if you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod at gmail.com.
0: You can find us on Instagram at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod.
1: We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up.
0: We're on Facebook at We Don't Want to Grow Up Podcast.
1: And we have a Facebook group called The Cozy Club-Fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. All you have to do is answer a few questions and agree to the group rules. And our incredible mod, Joanna, will approve you. And then we'll all have some cozy fun. If you're interested in We Don't Want to Grow Up merch, you can go to we do not want to grow Up Shop. Dot com. And finally, if you would like to help support the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. We used to only have one tier, right? which was $4 a month for access to everything. Since we took an episode away from you here, now we're only doing one episode a week, we decided to add two more tiers on our Patreon. There is a $2 tier called Short and Sweet, and that's where you'll have access to our shorter episodes like Dear Diary, Middle School Notes, quizzes from teen magazines, things like that.
0: Yeah, next tier is our game show tier. It is $3 a month. You get access to the Short and Sweet's and all of our game show episodes that we do over there.
1: And then, of course, our $4 tier covers all of the content, as it always has. So come check us out, and we appreciate your support.
0: And now it's time. It has taken us way too long to get to this one, but we are here.
1: We're here.
0: <laughs> you tell them. It's the best movie from 1982, E.T., The Extraterrestrial.
1: we haven't done this one yet
0: same here i always think that we have i know oh wait a minute we (laughs) (laughs) haven't
1: so as you know i'm sure et is a science fiction film produced and directed by steven spielberg written by melissa matheson who sadly passed away in 2015
0: so after a gentle alien becomes stranded on earth he is discovered and befriended by a 10 year old boy named Elliot.
1: Elliot then brings E.T. home and introduces him to his brother, Michael, and his sister, Gertie, and they decide they're going to keep him a secret.
0: Not long after, though, E.T. gets sick, resulting in government intervention and in a dire situation for both E.T. and Elliot, when all Elliot wants to do is get E.T. Home. home.
1: So this cast, we have Henry Thomas playing Elliot Taylor.
0: Pat Welsh was the voice of E.T., she passed away in nineteen ninety five She was an elderly woman who lived in Marin County, California. She smoked two packs of cigarettes a day, which gave her voice a quality that sound effect creator Ben Burt liked. <laughs> she spent nine and a half hours recording the part and was paid three hundred and eighty bucks for for her services. <laughs> Bert also recorded 16 other people and various other animals that all went into creating E.T.'s voice. Those included Steven Spielberg, Deborah Winger, Bert's sleeping wife who had a cold, (laughs) a burp from his USC film professor, as well as raccoons, sea otters, and horses.
1: I mean, it takes a village. It does.
0: <laughs> that is so impressive. It's I it's know. funny. Like, I've played around with changing and making voices in here occasionally, usually mm-hmm. during Halloween time. And I always think I'm like overdoing it because I have like three layers. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's got like 16 layers. Yes. I'm like, I've got to keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this year's Halloween stuff oh, is going to be impeccable. <laughs> so we have D Wallace as Mary Taylor. She's the single mom to Elliot, Michael, and Gertie.
0: Peter Coyote as Keys, a government agent hell-bent on capturing E.T.
1: Robert McNaughton as Michael Taylor, Elliot and Gertie's older brother.
0: And Drew Barrymore as Gertie Taylor, Elliot and Michael's younger sister.
1: She's so adorable She's in this movie. She's so adorable. Casey Martell as Greg.
0: C. Thomas Howell as Tyler.
1: Sean Fry as Steve.
0: Erica Eleniak as Pretty Girl. <laughs>
1: And when we watched, I was like, she is so familiar to me. Who is that? And you knew right away. I did. (laughs) (laughs) She was on Baywatch, right?
0: She was on Baywatch.
1: And in Playboy?
0: Uh, I never saw her in Playboy, but I did see her in Under Siege.
1: Oh, David O'Dell as Schoolboy.
0: Richard Swingler as Science Teacher.
1: (laughs) Frank Toth as Policeman.
0: Robert Barton as Ultrasound Man.
1: (laughs) It's like a superhero. (laughs) Michael Durrell. As van man. <laughs> <laughs> they're super,
0: they're a, d- a dynamic duo.
1: <laughs> I love these credits.
0: And Ann Lockhart as nurse.
1: <laughs> so, fun facts we have a lot of them. I got a couple. You start out.
0: The budget for this movie, $10.5 million. A good one for 1982. Yes. The box office, $792.9 million. Wow. That's a good return on investment.
1: Yes, I'd say so. So after his parents' divorce in 1960, Steven Spielberg filled the void with an imaginary alien companion that he later recalled as, quote, a friend who could be the brother he never had and a father that he didn't feel he had anymore. So he pretty much had the makings of E.T. in his mind since he was pretty young.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty interesting fact. It mirrors that quite closely.
1: I had never heard that before.
0: So this was filmed under the cover name A Boy's Life because Spielberg didn't want anybody to copy the idea before they had finished it. The actors had to read the script behind closed doors and everyone on set had to wear an ID card. Very top secret. Yes.
1: So most of the full body puppetry was performed by a two foot, 10 inch tall stuntman. But the scenes in the kitchen were done using a 12 year old boy who was born without legs, but was an expert at walking on his hands.
0: Yeah, I feel like we saw that on a special as well. They were talking about it, the cast. They
1: were talking about it on the Drew Barrymore show when the cast reunited. She had befriended him.
0: Yeah. And that's why he has like that waddle.
1: Yes. Which was a surprise to me. I had never heard that either. I've learned a lot about E.T. in this last few weeks.
0: Yeah, same here. Spielberg shot most of the film from the eye level of a child to further connect with Elliot and E.T. I love that. You can tell. Yeah, it's really low from a camera angle standpoint.
1: Yes. So at one point, and I had actually written this down as, as an honorable mention, favorite moment, but Gertie looks down at E.T. and says, I don't like his feet." <laughs> and that was actually ad-libbed by Drew Barrymore. And she was actually referring to the grouping of wires that was coming out. Of the E.T. (laughs) puppet. And she had also ad-libbed the line, Give me a break. after Elliot tells her that only little kids can see (laughs) E.T. She's smarter than that. She is. She's like, I saw Steven talking to E.T. earlier.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The end of the film was one of the most significant musical experiences for composer John Williams. After several attempts were made to match the score to the film, Spielberg took the film off the screen and encouraged Williams to conduct the orchestra the way he would at a concert. He did, and Spielberg slightly re-edited the film to match the music, which is unusual since normally the music would be edited to match the film. Right. Of course, the result was Williams winning the 1982 Academy Award for Best Original Score.
1: Well-deserved.
0: Very well-deserved.
1: In the Halloween scene where E.T. sees a child in a Yoda costume and he seems to recognize him, this is kind of an inside joke between Steven Spielberg and his good friend, Star Wars creator George Lucas. In Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, in 1999, Lucas returns the joke in a scene that takes place in the Galactic Senate. In the shot of the senators calling out, you can see E.T. species among the Senate pods in the lower right corner.
0: You can. I'll have to show you. I don't know if you've ever noticed.
1: I feel like you did point it out to did me. Did I? Okay. But it's been years since we watched it, and it would mean more to me now.
0: It would. <laughs> So E.T. is on the list of longest theatrical runs as it was in theaters over a year. Wow. Others on the list include The Rocky Horror Picture Show, 1975, My Neighbor, Totoro, 1988, Star Wars, 1977, The Sound of Music, 1965, Titanic, 1997, and Gone with the Wind, 1939. Wow. I wonder how long Maverick was in theaters. It had to be close to a year. Because it just kept going this uh, last year.
1: Well, that's also, uh, (laughs) I just know this because I kept going back, but Twilight was in the theater for a very long time. Was it? Yes. I don't know how long, but I just know, at least in Orlando, we just kept thinking it was going to be gone and we kept checking and it just kept playing. And so we kept going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, E.T. is my first movie memory. Really? Yeah, this is the first movie I ever remember going to.
1: That's special.
0: I think I sat in my parents' lap, had (laughs) popcorn right in front of me.
1: Aw. I don't think I saw E.T. in the theater.
0: Yeah, you'd have been pretty little.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I saw The Fox and the Hound in the theater. It was my first movie, and I think that was 81.
0: Did you? You were like two. I
1: don't remember much, but I just feel like... I don't know. If I did see E.T. in the theater, I blocked it out. Yeah. But I remember watching E.T. I remember watching at home.
0: Well, listen, I wasn't little at that point. I was five. Okay. Right. I wasn't two or three <laughs> like you were.
1: Yeah. I feel like it would have really scared me when I was very young. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are scared of E.T. One of our close friends is terrified of E.T. And I understand things like that. As you all know, I'm scared of the Incredible Shrinking Woman.
0: <laughs> and I'm scared of demons. <laughs>
1: If you didn't hear that episode where we (laughs) talked about that, you're going to be lost, but it's okay.
0: You got to listen to get our (laughs) references.
1: So at the auditions for E.T., Henry Thomas thought about the day that his dog had died when he needed to cry. Steven Spielberg also cried watching him and offered the role of Elliot on the spot.
0: Yeah, I feel like the casting of this movie Ah, is perfect. So good. So E.T.'s face was modeled after poet Carl Sandburg, Albert Einstein, and a pug. (laughs)
1: <laughs> seriously go look up carl sandberg right now and you will see it i looked him up when i saw this <laughs> right <laughs> it all makes sense
0: it does make sense
1: so the gag where their mom looks in the closet and sees et surrounded by the toys was dreamed up by robert zemeckis oh really yeah thought that was fun
0: at one point during filming, Drew Barrymore was consistently forgetting her lines, annoying Spielberg to the point where he actually yelled at her. No. He later found out that she had reported to work with a very high fever. Feeling guilty, he hugged her and apologized repeatedly as she cried and cried. Oh. He then sent her home with a note from the director. <laughs> oh, oh, poor, poor, Drew. poor Drew getting yelled at.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So this scene where Elliot kisses the pretty girl, what's her name?
0: Erica, a laniac.
1: Erica at the school during the frog dissection. It took three or four takes to get it right because Henry Thomas was extremely nervous.
0: I'm sure that's what he's like. Oh, I messed up again. We need another. (laughs) Stephen, could we get another take, please? Uh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm so nervous. Erica, let's practice. (laughs) Harrison Ford initially filmed a cameo role in the film as Elliot's school headmaster, but the scene was cut. I hate that. I hate it as well. That would have been incredible.
1: (laughs) Thanks. I hate it. Thanks. (laughs) So this script was written mostly while they were on location filming for Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981 during film breaks. Steven Spielberg would dictate the story to screenwriter Melissa Matheson, who was there with her then-boyfriend and future husband, Harrison Ford. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? did not know the tie-in there.
0: Me either. The doctors and nurses who work on E.T. are all real emergency room technicians from the USC Medical Center. (laughs) They were told to treat E.T. the same way they would treat a real patient so that their dialogue and actions would seem real. Director Steven Spielberg felt that actors wouldn't be able to make the medical dialogue sound natural. So he recruited them to deliver the lines. And I noticed that I was just like, wow, it sounds right. (laughs) Like it doesn't sound like you know nothing against like Grey's Anatomy. Right. But that sounds like medical jargon coming out of actors. Right. Whereas this just sounded like what you hear in a hospital.
1: Mm hmm. So, E.T. was absolutely the highest grossing film of 1982, and it became the most successful movie in film history until Steven Spielberg himself beat that record with Jurassic Park in 1993. It was released on the same day, June 11th, 11 years later. The next film to snatch that title was Titanic in 1997, directed by James Cameron, only to be beaten out by Avatar in 2009, also directed by James Cameron.
0: That's pretty wild.
1: It is. Somebody else needs to come along and do a doubleheader like that.
0: Spielberg worked simultaneously on this film and Poltergeist, which also came out in 1982. Of course, that was directed by Toby Hooper, but produced by Spielberg. And both were made to complement each other. E.T. represents suburban dreams and Poltergeist represented suburban nightmares.
1: Yes. (laughs) Wow, that's kind of cool.
0: It is. I never considered the link.
1: Yeah, me neither. I did see somewhere, though, that Drew initially auditioned for the role of Carol Ann in Poltergeist. Did she? And then he ended up using her for E.T.
0: Ah, interesting. I wonder what that movie would have been like with Drew.
1: I don't know. But I think that this was the right choice. I think Heather O'Rourke, rest in peace, did a great job with Poltergeist and Drew was perfect for E.T. Agreed. Foley artist John Roche said that he used, I thought this was funny, a wet t-shirt crammed with jello to simulate the noise of E.T.'s waddling walk.
0: <laughs> I've got to listen to that again now. I know. The filmmakers had requested that M&M's be used to lure E.T., but the Mars company denied their request. Ooh, big mistake. Big, huge, huge. <laughs> they, they were afraid that E.T. was so ugly. oh, he would frighten children. Reese's Pieces were used instead, and as a direct result, Reese's Pieces' sales skyrocketed. Say that six times fast. (laughs) Because of this, more and more companies began requesting that their products be used in movies, a common practice which was done previously with the James Bond film franchise. The end credits of a Bond film prior to 1982 listed contributed companies with their product used in the feature film. Oh wow! Contrary to popular belief, this was not the birth of product placement. This had been done before in Superman 1978 when a young Clark Kent gets up one morning and there is a box of Cheerios on the table next to his bed. (laughs) But E.T.'s novelization still referred to the candies as M&M's as opposed to Reese's Pieces.
1: Wow. They didn't get that changed in time.
0: They did not.
1: (laughs) I always hear Reese's Pieces. And I forget that that's not actually in the movie. That was the commercial. Just
0: a commercial. So this is a good one. On Thanksgiving Day in 2019, Xfinity released a four-minute ad starring Henry Thomas, in which E.T. returns nearly 40 years later to meet Elliot's family and see how the world has changed.
1: Pete just made me watch it. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm ugly crying again.
0: Oh, it's so sweet. So Spielberg himself was awed at how well it captured the original film's spirit and declared it an official sequel, with Thomas saying it's a perfect way to follow up on the story without risking spoiling it. The commercial ends with Elliot's family putting a photograph of themselves with E.T. on their fridge next to the photo from the original movie of Elliot and Michael with E.T. disguised as Gertie on Halloween. My goodness.
1: I had seen a clip of it. Like, I remember seeing him sitting on the couch with them, but I certainly did not see
0: the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole movie.
1: It was so good. Was. I had chills. <laughs> I was crying. I, oh my gosh.
0: Why can't they give us a second E.T.?
1: Well, I get that Stephen was just like, no, we are never doing that because we are not going to ruin it. They weren't talks to do it for a little while. And right. then he decided, no.
0: Leaving well enough alone, I guess.
1: But if they were to do it, that's how I would want them to do it. Yeah. Where it's Elliot's family and then Aunt Gertie and Uncle Michael come over, you know. Maybe they can do it
0: when Elliot's like a grandfather.
1: Oh, God. I don't want to wait that long. (laughs) (laughs) It was done really well. It was. And really beautiful.
0: Go check it out.
1: Oh. So Corey Feldman was originally going to have a role in E.T., but as they were writing the script, his part was cut. And Steven Spielberg felt bad about that decision, and so he promised Feldman a part in his next planned production, which turned out to be Gremlins. It worked out. In 1984.
0: Reportedly, Spielberg got the idea for the film from the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which came out in 1977, when the aliens show up. He wondered what would happen if one of those aliens were to be stuck on Earth.
1: We found out. So there was an interview with Robert McNaughton, who played Michael, on Yahoo! Movies, where he explained that the original ending involved a game of Dungeons & Dragons, which is how it started. Yeah. He said, quote, the last scene of the movie wasn't supposed to be the scene that ends up in the movie. The last scene was going to be all of us playing Dungeons & Dragons again, except this time, Elliot's the Dungeon Master. Because he was the one that found E.T., he sort of got in with the group. Because, you know, at the beginning, he's like begging to play. And they're like, all right. And so that was supposed to be the final scene. It was in the script and everything. And then they would pan up to the roof and you'd see the communicator and it's still working. In other words, Elliot is still in touch with E.T. But after they did the score, the music, and they saw what they had with the spaceship taking off and everything, how can you follow that? I mean, it was a wise choice.
0: It was a wise choice, but... If it were made now, you could have just done that as a stinger. The ending of the movie's yes. fantastic, it's perfect. That's the ending. Mm-hmm. And then while the credits are rolling, you pan down and you see like tick-tick-dee-dee-tick-tick-dee. You keep panning down and then they're playing Dungeons and Dragons down there, something like that.
1: Well, and then it also kind of gives you some hope that maybe there would be a sequel. Right. Nowadays there probably would be.
0: There would have been. Yeah. You don't make 3 quarters of a billion dollars and not get a sequel. Okay, so the video game, an officially licensed version of the movie, came out on the Atari. And it is one of the biggest critical and commercial failures in video game history. (laughs) I mean, you had thousands of unsold cartridges buried in the landfill. It was an awful game. Did you ever play it?
1: No, but I remember you talking about it. I feel like we saw something about it on. Was it like a documentary about video games on Netflix? Uh, yes,
0: yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, I
1: remember them talking about it on that.
0: But I played it back in the day. Yeah. And even even at that young age, I was like, what the heck is this? This is awful. Like it made no sense. <laughs> you had no idea what you were supposed to do. It was ridiculous.
1: So we saw this on the Drew Barrymore show when they did the E.T. reunion. Drew kept the only thing she kept from the movie. Is her red cowboy hat that Gertie wore for Halloween and she put it on like on the show and apparently kept it in her daughter's room. Did she? Yes. Or keeps it in her daughter's room. I don't know. I would be afraid something would happen to it. I know. By the way, her daughters are adorable. They are. And her youngest is blonde and looks so much like her.
0: Yeah. So initially, Spielberg refused to let Universal Pictures release the film on home video formats after it had finished its, of course, a long theatrical run, as he thought it would cheapen the film's legacy and ruin any prospects of a theatrical re-release in the coming years. This was a policy that Disney also adopted for many of their classic movies until the 90s. Spielberg said he saw the movie as a family event movie like The Wizard of Oz, where people's childhood memories of it should be from the experience of seeing it screened theatrically and the trip to the movie theater should be part of that memory, possibly reflecting Spielberg's own childhood. Surprisingly, Universal Pictures didn't pull rank on him over this and observed his wishes despite the financial implications. However... Because of this decision, the film became the most pirated video of the (laughs) 80s. Where there is a will, there is a way. After several years of dealing with floods of complaints from angry parents and children who had been ripped off after seeing it on a poor quality pirated videotape, Spielberg eventually gave in to the inevitable and allowed Universal to release the film onto the domestic video market in 1988, where it became a huge seller. I did not realize it took that long to come out officially.
1: I know. I've forgotten. I wonder if that's when I saw E.T.
0: Maybe. Like
1: when I was eight, when it came out on VHS. It could be. Unless I did see it in a theater and just don't remember.
0: Do you think your mom would remember?
1: Maybe. Remind me to ask. Yeah. We're going to see her later today. So. We talked about this a little earlier, but when Elliot tells Gertie that only kids can see ET so that she'll keep him a secret, he's unintentionally correct within the movie because there's a recurring gag throughout the film where their mother, Mary, cannot see ET even right. when he's right in front of her. She's always like walking right past him. You know, there's this whole scene where she's in the kitchen and he's like right there.
0: And he's wrecked being loud. So I don't know how. I know. I don't know how she missed him.
1: All those beers. <laughs> <laughs> she's just in the zone. She's, she is. she's in the mom zone. <laughs>
0: And finally, Steven Spielberg's first feature, the Sugarland Express from 1974, featured a real-life sheriff named E.T. (laughs) Elliot.
1: That's fine.
0: It is. Okay, so are we ready for favorite moments? We're ready. And just a spoiler alert. You know, we will talk about some things that happen in the end of the movie. I know almost everybody that listens has probably seen this movie. But if you haven't and you don't know how it ends... Some spoilers are ahead.
1: Yes. And also, if you haven't, you got to watch it. Go watch it. Mm -hmm.
0: Those favorite moments. Who's going to go first?
1: Um, I mean, I can go first.
0: Do it. Do it.
1: (laughs) This I thought was really cute. When Elliot is talking to Michael, he's about to show him E.T. for the first time. And he's being so serious with him about how he needs to swear to keep this a secret.
0: Okay. Now, swear it. The most excellent promise you can make.
1: Swear, as my only brother, on our lives. do oh, so heavy. I swear. And then, when Michael's closing his eyes and he's joking around as Elliot is bringing Et out, he's making him swear it one more time. And then Michael's doing a Yoda voice. I
0: have absolute, you have absolute
1: power. Yes. <laughs> and then he turns around to see him. He's frozen in shock. And then we hear Gertie coming. And she's like, "Elliot, look what I made for you." She's just so proud. She's bringing him like a picture she had drawn or a card because he's sick. Yeah. "Quote unquote sick." <laughs> <laughs> she she bursts in the room, so happy, and the way that she pauses when she sees ET for the first time, and then that scream. <coughs> And then E.T.'s screaming too, and Michael backs up into the shelves, and they all fall. And then they hear their mom coming, so they all go to hide in the closet. And Gertie watches E.T. coming towards her with his arms in the air, and he's running. <laughs> and then Michael grabs her and covers her mouth, and he like pulls her with him. That whole scene is just hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs>
0: and it's funny, too. They did not tell Michael Robert that the shelves were going to fall. So there was two crew members who were behind the wall and they pulled the pins out, had all the shelves collapse on them. <laughs> so it was great.
1: It was so good. And I mean, Drew's scream there. That's right there. I mean, she's a star.
0: She is a star. All right. Number one on my list. So at the dinner table. They're all talking about what they're going to go out as on Halloween. And Elliot's trying to tell them about what he saw. None of them believe him. Michael keeps coming up with things that it might have been. He's kind of like chirping in the background as Gertie's talking at the same time. She's talking about what she's going to be. And Michael keeps saying, oh, maybe it was this. Maybe it was this. And then Elliot yells this at Michael. There's nothing like that, penis breath! And of course, their mom, Mary, yells at Elliot, but is laughing. (laughs) The script didn't actually specify, like, what Elliot was supposed to say there, just something insulting. And Dee Wallace, the actress who played Mary, was supposed to yell angrily at Elliot for him to sit down. When she actually heard him say it, her entire reaction was genuine. (laughs) Like, she's really laughing at what he just said while trying to (laughs) yell at him.
1: Elliot! (laughs) Sit down!
0: Which comes across, right? Like, it feels very legitimate.
1: Yeah, because sometimes even when you're trying to be a stern mother things still crack you up.
0: They do, because that was funny. Kids are funny.
1: (laughs) You're like, it's inappropriate, but it's funny.
0: Right. Just because I'm laughing doesn't make it okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing at something else.
0: That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This next moment is just such a magical movie moment when Elliot and E.T. take flight on the bike. Yes. For the first time. That music, it's so good. And then when I watch it now, it reminds me of the ride at Universal. Yeah. Which was also magical. So fun. You know, I lived in Orlando for years, so I, I always rode that ride and it always connected me to my childhood.
0: Did they have like a uh, in the queue line? Was it in like the forest and stuff like that? Did they have like a decorated queue line?
1: Uh, I feel like it was. I feel did you get like to see you, E.T.? Yeah, you see E.T. at the wow. end. Well, oh, you just see, at the end? Well, you see lots of E.T.'s, okay. like lots of that species as well. But he's throughout. I can't remember every. It's been over 10 years now since I've ridden it. Yeah. But I've talked about it before on the podcast, but how when you go through the line, there's a person sitting there and you tell them your name because at the end of the ride, E.T. says goodbye and he lists every person's name that's in your cart. Oh, really? So then we used to start giving him fake names.
0: Oh, just game in the system.
1: Yeah. I mean, it gave us a good giggle.
0: Could you say penis breath?
1: <laughs> you probably could, but you'd have to say that first to a real live human being. Oh. You know? Yeah. You got to say that with a straight face.
0: You do. Not easy.
1: I'm sure that there are some that were like, my name's Ben Dover, (laughs) you know? (laughs) My
0: name's Phil McCracken. (laughs) 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 All right. Next on my list, when Gertie teaches E.T. how to talk. And she's also got him all dolled up. Yeah, She's got a wig on him. She tells him, be good, be good. Don't tell anybody. That's when Elliot walks in. E.T. starts saying Elliot, like he knows Elliot's name. And then he's like, E.T., (laughs) E.T. But we get the E.T. home phone first. Yes. And then we get E.T. phone home.
1: Yeah. Gertie's the one who actually says that first.
0: Yes. E.T. home phone.
1: T phone home. She gets what he's saying and she flips it around. Right. I love how she is so proud to tell Elliot that she taught him how to talk. Right. And then she's like, I taught him be good, too. I taught him, you know, she, <laughs> Oh, so cute. All right. My third favorite moment, also number one heartbreaking moment, maybe number one. I don't know. We cried a lot through this movie. Pete and I both sat there on the couch a few weeks ago when we watched this, like yeah. a Saturday afternoon, and just cried like babies. We did. It was the first time watching it and I don't know how long.
0: It's been a very long time since I've seen this movie.
1: Yeah. And it was very traumatizing. It
0: was. <laughs>
1: It's so good, but it was. I mean, yeah, I I definitely think our inner children were sitting there with us. They were, (laughs) they were, our feelings were very hurt. Thanks, Steven Spielberg. So, E.T.'s face at the end of the movie when he sees the ship landing and he says, Home. And then, oh, the goodbyes. Oh, so Gertie comes and she gives E.T. the flowers. And she says, "I just wanted to say goodbye." (laughs) And Michael said, "He doesn't know goodbye." And Et looks at her and says, "Good." Yes. Oh. And then she kisses him. And then Michael comes and he touches his head, and Et kind of gasps, like he's surprised that Michael's touching him because I think they haven't really had that connection yet, like that. But he likes it, you know. And then he tells Michael, "Thank you." And Michael says, "You're welcome." And then Elliot walks up to him and E.T. says, come. And Elliot says, stay. Oh. <laughs> I, can't. I cannot. So then E.T. points to his own heart and then holds up his finger and says, Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. And then Elliot does the same. He also says, Ouch. And then they have a very long hug. And E.T. is like rubbing Elliot's back with his long fingers. And Elliot's crying and then mom and Gertie and Michael are all watching and they're all upset. Then E.T.'s finger lights up and he touches Elliot's forehead and he says, I'll be right here. <laughs> We just put the clip up again to make sure of something and we're crying again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This movie, I tell you what. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Oh, anyway, they say bye. And then they all watch him take off in his spaceship. Even the dog is trying to go after him. It's heartbreaking. It is. But necessary.
0: Yes. All right. My final one, E.T. coming out of the shed in the fog. And Elliot's there on the, the lawn chair. And he's so either amazed or scared he can't even yell. I just love the moment when E.T. first emerges and slowly comes to Elliot, which is a little scary because he's moving kind of herky-jerky, but he immediately trusts Elliot, and Elliot immediately trusts him, E.T., Gives Elliot some Reese's Pieces, and then Elliot takes E.T. inside, and that's where E.T. starts mimicking what Elliot's doing. You know, he like scratches his nose, he touches his mouth and his ear, and then he waves high, puts up one finger, like all this stuff where Mm -hmm. they're kind of bonding. Yeah. Just a great moment.
1: It is. Okay, now I have my HMs, my honorable mentions. So the dinner you were talking about earlier, I just have to add, I love the fact that Gertie is repeating... Everything the boys are saying. Yeah. Just in true little sister fashion, but not penis breath.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My first HM is when E.T. and Elliot are watching Mary read the story to Gertie through the little slatted windows. And I don't know, it's a closet or something. It's just a very delicate but sweet moment overall.
1: Yeah. Aw, I like that you picked that. All right. Next up for me E.T. eating the toy car. <laughs> I wrote, He's just a baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next one for me, Et getting into the Coors, the banquet beer, getting a little wrecked, getting a little wild, but he loves him some Coors.
1: Yes, Et was rowdy.
0: He was. First, I thought it was Coors Light, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, did Coors Light even exist?" Then I honestly don't know, but it's just normal Coors. Gonna put on some weight, Et. <laughs> It's a beer wake <laughs>
1: up. You got to get on that light beer train. <laughs> <laughs> I bet when he returned in 2019, he discovered light beer. Yes. They left that part out. It wasn't, <laughs> it, wasn't it wasn't Christmas friendly. <laughs> it was
0: not Christmas friendly.
1: <laughs> they should have had him like drinking a hot toddy while they were watching White Christmas <laughs> on the couch. Get into that liquor. So again, it breaks my heart every time we hear E.T. say, Oh. When E.T. is healing Elliot, it's just a cool moment. But also when E.T. is trying to heal Michael because of his Halloween costume. (laughs) Because he just sees a knife through his head and he's like, this is not normal.
0: Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Next one for me, I love when E.T. brings the flowers back to life. Yeah. So magical.
1: It is. And they did that in the commercial in 2019 as well. They did. As
0: soon as he walks in the house. It gave me chills. Yeah.
1: All right, next up, when E.T. is dressed up in that ghost costume, it's supposed to be Gertie, and he's just waddling around. And, you know, I love Halloween and the trick-or-treat vibes. He sees Yoda. We're seeing it through E.T.'s eye holes, you know, his little perspective. It's still daylight. They're trick-or-treating during the day. Starting early. I mean, I'm sure it's probably evening, but it just hasn't gotten dark yet. But they do have the rule, be back one hour after sunset, no later. No later. But I love how that's how we did it back then. It was like based on, okay, one hour after sunset or when the streetlights come on. Yeah. Not a specific time.
0: Right. Because it's like who had a watch. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Next one for me, this one's always just been memorable. It's the whole scene where they're driving the van and it's got that big tube coming off the back of it and there's the dudes in there. But I love the whole scene where Elliot's disconnecting that. Yep. And it's just I don't know. There's nothing magical about it. It's It's exciting though. It's very exciting.
1: It's tense, I should say. Because
0: they're, you know, both those guys are getting closer and closer, like, hey kid, don't touch that. Don't touch that. He's like clink, 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 and he finally gets to the last one and off they go. Bye. Bye.
1: (laughs) I love Mary, the mom's cat slash leopard outfit. Her costume for Halloween. And then she said on the Drew Barrymore show that it still fits. And I bet that felt so good to say.
0: I wonder if she still has it. Does that mean she still has it? I
1: think so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think they said she still has it, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I have to throw in one thing I noticed today when I was refreshing my brain, looking at a few clips. When they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, all the friends are there and Mary is just dancing around in her robe (laughs) in front of all their friends. Right. And there's a point where she bends over to, I think, get something out of the dishwasher. And their friends are like pointing at her butt. Were
0: they? Yeah. And, I Mike, that. and Michael's
1: like, stop it. <laughs> he tells them to cut it out.
0: I did not notice that. <laughs> All right, next on my list the bike chase scene. Yes. Was so badass. You know, we get the spot where they're like driving over the cop car. There was a cop station wagon, which I'd never seen before. But I guess Steven Spielberg found some very special bikes right. from Japan that had not yet come over to the U.S. So these were like super cool back in the day. They yes. were like hip, man.
1: <laughs> I love that he did that on purpose, too, because yeah. he was like, oh, what are the kids going to love?
0: Yes. You know, and it would be these bikes. Mm-hmm. They also said the bike riders were not children. They were grown
1: <laughs> grown
0: men. And you can see that from time to time. You're like, yeah. wow, that is a really big 12-year-old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love this moment. It's very small. But when Michael is upset and he goes into Gertie's closet and he is surrounded by her toys and you know that he's in there for comfort. Right. It's just like that kind of cozy space. Yep. I just thought that was a really sweet moment.
0: It was. I love the fact that the bad guys in this aren't really bad guys. You can't tell for a while, right? They're faceless. You just see keys and flashlights and people walking and kind of chasing them. But in the end, when they're needed, they're trying to save E.T. and help him. Yeah. Now, do they want to study him after he died? Absolutely, as they should, I suppose. But they're not like maniacal, one note bad guys.
1: Right. They're not trying to hurt him, they're not. But I think as a kid, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, because they were just scary.
1: It scared me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of E.T. dying, when this happened and Elliot says, E.T. I love you. And then all of a sudden we see E.T.'s heart light up red. Elliot doesn't see it, though. He's walking away. Right. But as he's walking away, he sees that the flowers start to come back to life a little bit. And he still leaves, but then he comes back because he knows. We'll have chills. Yeah. E.T., phone home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My final HM, after E.T. comes back to life, he just will not be quiet, (laughs) which is great. E.T. keeps saying, E.T., phone home, phone home, phone, phone. (laughs) It's just great. It is. He zips him back up and puts the lid back down and Elliot pretends like he's crying. Yes. It's such a great scene. It's so... There's so much elation attached to it, right? Like you feel so good when he's back.
1: Yeah. Well, after being so devastated. Oh, awful. Speaking of being devastated, least favorite moments when ET is in the bathroom. He and Elliot are both sick because they're linked together. Mom comes in, sees ET for the first time. Yes. Grabs Elliot and rushes him out, and ET. Oh. Cries. It's oh. Uh, <laughs> I can't. (laughs) It's so upsetting.
0: It is. Poor (laughs) E.T. This is when he's like all white. Yes. After they found him down by the river. Oh, awful. I hate it. That ties right in because the sight of E.T. by the side of the river when they find him is absolutely horrible. Like he's just so sick and pitiful. It's uh, it's traumatizing.
1: It is. Also, speaking of traumatizing, when E.T. is dying. I am just sitting there going, why is Gertie there? Gertie's right there. Gertie is right there. I know they're at their house, but still, don't let her in that room. And we found out on the Drew Barrymore show that Drew believed that E.T. was real. right? Like, Steven Spielberg was told that she would be talking to E.T. when they weren't filming. Right. And so after that, he assigned two puppeteers to keep E.T. alive at all times. Right. Every time that Drew was around. Yep. Which I think is the sweetest thing it's in the so world. Sweet.
0: And just like come <laughs> up on that
1: I'm crying again. <laughs> and
0: see but, her talking to E. T. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but now knowing that she thought he was real, how did this affect her?
0: Maybe they told her he was an actor as well. He's just acting. <sighs> I bet you that's what they did.
1: I hope so. Like
0: she knew she was in a movie. So they had to have told her E.T. is just acting as well. Or maybe they didn't. And that's where the tears came from.
1: Maybe this is why Drew had so many struggles in her early.
0: It could pre- be.
1: teen years.
0: Could be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was traumatized by E.T.
0: Oh, <sighs> goodness. That scene. My last least favorite, the very beginning of the movie, when the aliens leave E.T. behind, like they couldn't hold on for just one second for their little buddy.
1: But then we wouldn't have had this movie.
0: No, we wouldn't have. All right. And finally, our signs of the time. Quite a few.
1: Yes. Should we just run down?
0: Yes. We'll run down our lists. Who's going to go first? Me? You? You? You go. Okay. I noticed there was an old school Fresca can. Yep. There was a TIE fighter on Elliot's desk and a TIE bomber, I think. I just caught a quick glimpse of it that was hanging from his ceiling.
1: Yeah.
0: I noticed this. There used to be a thing where you'd have this like fake Coke can that had spilled Coke. and It was like rubber. Yep. I completely remembered that after I saw it in there.
1: I had forgotten about that too. I thought there was actually a Coke that had spilled. And I was like, why would they do that? (laughs) And then you're like, you don't remember that toy? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Core, memory, of my CMU!
0: There's a NFL Superstars poster up on the wall, and I was trying to catch which players were there, but I couldn't tell who was who. And then we have all the Star Wars toys in addition to the TIE Fighters. They got Greedo, they got Hammerhead, Lando, Boba Fett, Snaggletooth, Han Solo, and many more. <laughs> it was very well decorated with Star Wars toys. One question I had, I noticed the peanut butter was refrigerated. Yeah. Were you supposed to do that back then? I don't know. Wouldn't the peanut butter be really hard?
1: I've never kept peanut butter in the refrigerator. Me but either. if you do, if that's something your family did, reach out.
0: Let us know. <laughs> Mike had on a Space Invaders t-shirt. Yes. And not because it's like retro, it's an original. <laughs> <laughs> I did also notice they always portrayed buses as like this wild, fun, and crazy scene. Mm-hmm. And... Like school buses? Uh, school buses, yeah, sorry. Where kids are just going wild and things are flying everywhere. Calm down. I know. Our bus driver would have flipped out on us <laughs> if we were causing that much chaos. She would have slammed the brakes on, throwing us all on the ground, <laughs> and then came back and yelled at us. Yeah. She would take taken no crap. Nope. I noticed the speak and spell, of course, which is used for E.T.'s phone home device. We never did this in school. So maybe in public schools they were doing this. I don't know. But they were dissecting frogs. But first they had to kill them with formaldehyde, like in a jar. was
1: awful. Yeah.
0: Was that a thing?
1: I don't know. I but hope not. I was just like, what is happening right now? This yeah. is traumatic. It like, is traumatic. As if the movie's not traumatic enough, now they're going to show us how they kill frogs before they dissect them. Right. Like we, from what I know, they were just shipped to us already dead.
0: Yeah. Didn't have to actually kill them. Ugh. We talked about the Atari game that they came out with an ET game for, but uh, I noticed the Atari that was connected to their TV, and I noticed the little game TV switcher that was the original way to hook up your game console to a television. And then last thing I noticed, Mary left Gertie home alone. The girl is five, (laughs) five years old, and she's like, Gertie, you'll be okay, I'll be back. Right. It's like, she's five.
1: Put her in the car. We were screaming at the TV. Right. Like, what, what is the matter you with you? <laughs> Although I remember coming home from school in elementary school and nobody being there.
0: But how old were
1: you? I don't know. I mean, probably not five. I know I used to go to our next door neighbor's house where their aunt was watching them. And I did that after school, probably in my younger years. But then I think older elementary, I just came home. Did you? Latchkey kid.
0: Well, I mean, we got left with my sister, you know, when she was like 10. Yeah. So I was like seven.
1: I think my sister probably wasn't home yet some of those times. Oh, really? Yeah. I think maybe elementary schools got out earlier than high school.
0: Yeah, they probably did.
1: Yeah. So I got home when I rode the bus home. Well, later I would have gone home with my mom because my mom worked at the school later. Right. But in my first few years, I think I rode the bus. But then in middle school, I would come home to an empty house for sure. Okay. Because sometimes I would have to do something to help get dinner started. Would you? I remember putting baked potatoes in the oven because they took a long time to cook. They did. So I had to wrap them in foil and do that thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My signs of the time. I wrote down tab. Remember Tab Soda? Yep. This was just random, I felt, when they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. There's a can of bug spray on the table and a can of air freshener, I believe, also on the table.
0: Good set I'm, dressing. I'm just
1: like, clear the table off. Like, <laughs> Also, why is this on the kitchen table? I, I just didn't understand.
0: It's probably near the back door as far as the bug spray goes.
1: Yeah. Also, I wrote, they're smoking. Because they're just sitting there in a cloud of smoke, like they're older men playing poker, but they're playing Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Were they smoking?
1: Well, I looked and in front of one of the guys, there's an ashtray with a cigarette just sitting in it smoking. Because at first I was like, is there a candle? Is there incense? Like, what is making it smoke like that? And then I saw the cigarette.
0: Huh. I didn't notice I didn't, notice didn't that. see
1: him physically smoking. It doesn't mean that he didn't at all during that scene.
0: It's not Mary's, from is it?
1: Maybe, but she wasn't even sitting there with them. Yeah. And it was like in the middle of the table. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, she comes in the room in her robe, but I don't see her go for the cigarette. Maybe you do. I only watched a small clip like today when I saw the smoke, but I was just like, Michael is probably like, well, he can drive. So he's got to be at least be 16. Or wait, but did he have his license or he was? No. He didn't have his license. Not yet. So he's probably 14, 15. Right. I know it's the 80s. Early kids were early 80s. But like, I know they were smoking, but like smoking in front of your parents, inside your house, in your kitchen.
0: Typically not.
1: I feel like it was still something you would have to hide. Right. So this was interesting to me. But also very, very 80s of just kids just sitting in a cloud of smoke, breathing it in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I wrote down the red phone with the long cord. Ah, yes. Good catch. The strawberry candies in a jar. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Love those. My mom used to always have those in our kitchen. Plus our kitchen was decorated all strawberries. So you had to have the strawberry candies. It's a must. <laughs> they have a swing chair on the porch that was like my sister's, but it didn't have a stand. But it's it was like, like
0: bamboo or yeah, something.
1: It looked a lot like my sister's. Yeah. Well, she had that in her bedroom. when the kids are going out to the backyard, they all take the big butcher knives (laughs) with them. Again, I was like, oh, the 80s. Yeah. The mercury thermometer. That reminds me of my childhood so much.
0: Same here. That's how I used to get my temperature checked when I didn't want to go to school.
1: Yep. And also how he used the heating pad and the light bulb. Yes. I am guilty of doing that a few times.
0: I tried that, but it's like, you know, 107 degree...
1: (laughs) Well, you have to do it. The, The trick was that you had to do it, and then you had to shake it down a little bit to where it was just enough. Yeah. I became a pro at that. <laughs> <I'm> just say,
0: <saying. laughs>
1: I've got 100.1. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you would get it where it's like perfect. It's like, oh, 99.9. Yeah. So then it's like, you're just working on a temp, but yeah. probably shouldn't go to school.
0: You don't have to go to the doctor. Right. But you can't That's go to what, school. You had
1: to get it in there enough where you didn't have to go to the doctor, <laughs> but you could stay home and watch the prices, right?
0: Are kids still doing that? They can't. They've got their digital thermometers you now. You can't
1: fake it. The only thing you could do maybe is if they do it where it's on your forehead, they could heat up their forehead a little uh, bit. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not giving any ideas here. <laughs> Obviously, like all the toys that Drew had, the Raggedy Ann stood out. I dressed up as Raggedy Ann one year. My mom made my costume. Yeah. The metal swing set definitely had one of those. Classic. Brought back some memories.
0: Nice and rusted.
1: Yeah. They had a gumball machine. Theirs was blue. We had one. Ours was black.
0: So rich. <laughs>
1: I thought it was so cool. And then when I was a teenager, my mom probably wanted to get rid of it because she like changed up the house decor in the 90s. But I wanted it in my room because I thought that was so cool. It was cool. (laughs) The long johns. Like do kids today still wear long johns that live in places that it gets cold?
0: I don't know. I only see them on hunters.
1: (laughs) But I remember wearing long johns, you know, when it snowed.
0: We did as well. Underneath about six other layers. Yes.
1: Well, obviously I didn't go out and just long johns. <laughs> The makeup mirror that Mary has where you like open the doors and it has the lights. Yeah. Very 70s, 80s. Nowadays, people have the lights on their full size mirrors. I
0: think my mom had one of those too. Yeah,
1: Uh, The old school Halloween decorations, of course. We always have to point those out. That's right. The Audi 5000. (laughs) (laughs) The Mary's car, which Michael also drives. It's a 1981 Audi 5000 SC2.
0: Audi like 5,000.
1: And then also talking about Gertie's toys, I noticed the purple pie man from Strawberry Shortcake. You did. Is on her shelf. And I had him. I have a picture where I got him. Do you? Yeah. Brought back the memories.
0: Yes, it did. Well, there we go. We've done E.T. I can't believe it. Wow. Wow.
1: That was so heartwarming and heartbreaking. And I feel like we opened an old wound. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Now I need to like go watch Care Bears or something to make me feel better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like there's not too much you can watch in this movie that won't make you cry, either from sadness or how touching it is.
1: Right. Well, and even though it ends happy-ish because he gets to go home, but it's also still very sad that yeah. they have to split up. Right. I don't like that. Me either. <laughs> but it's such a good movie. It is it's a classic.
0: I'm so glad we got to cover it.
1: Me too. And by the way, we did this because you wanted... Not that I didn't want to, but you had mentioned it several times and we finally got around to doing it. We did. And I also have said on a recent episode that I'm declaring it now. The next movie we do is all on you. You What
0: about the next two movies?
1: Well, don't push your luck. (laughs) I'm greedy. (laughs) (laughs) I was feeling generous. Thank you. Don't make me regret that decision. (laughs) So we'll be back, I'm sure, with lots of explosions and violence and robots and who knows what else.
0: No talent. The world is my oyster right now. That's
1: right. All right. Until next time.
0: Be good.
1: I'll be right here. Robert McNaughton. (laughs) You got a cheeky smile on your face.
0: (laughs) She's the one that pops out of the cake.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Didn't see it. (laughs)